Steve, you went home and swiped a ball that was signed by Babe Ruth. And you brought it out here and actually played with it and actually played with it? Yeah! Are you one of those people that has to know how much the Babe Ruth ball is actually worth? I was gonna bring it back, but it was signed by Babe Ruth! Yeah, you keep telling me that. Who is she? We'll keep it right here because today is your lucky day. The Sultan of Clouds. King of Crash. The Colossus of Clouds. The Colossus of Clouds. It's time for Sports Collecting with Tom Morgan, sponsored by ERC Delivery and Huggins and Scott Auctions. The Great Bambino! Happy Saturday morning. I'm Tom Morgan with Vince Clemeni of ERC Delivery, Bill Huggins of Huggins and Scott Auctions, and our producer Tyler Rocky. We're on every Saturday morning from 7 to 8 a.m., Talking about collectibles, mainly sports, collectibles, and sports. Now, Vince won't be able to join us this week. He's busy with ERC delivery. Their 24-7 has really been busy. But we will have John Drummond and Nancy Huggins on with us at 720, and we'll have another version of Which Ended Higher. And then at 735, we'll be joined by Sam Smith, Longtime NBA expert. So it's going to be a good show, a fast show. We've got a lot to talk about. So let's get right to it. Bill Huggins, this was pretty amazing. I tweeted this yesterday, and I think I sent this to you guys. One of my uh, longtime customers was in this week. I gave him the nickname Batman a long time ago. <laughs> I'm not quite sure why or how, but that's been his nickname. And he, we were talking about I remembered in 03 when Exquisite Basketball first came out, I pulled a real nice, I opened one, pulled a real nice Michael Jordan patch card. And I was going to keep it because I had never pulled a Jordan autograph, figure I never would. And at least I had a neat card here. At the time, cards like that were good. They, they weren't fantastic, but they were good. Well, Batman talked me into selling it to him. <laughs> so I asked him what he was in. I was like, well, Batman, do you still have that one uh, Jordan patch card or jersey card from Exquisite 03 that you got from me? He goes, oh, yeah, yeah I found it. And, and uh, so I said, well, send me a picture of that. And then he goes, yeah, I also have the amazing fantasy comic book introducing Spider-Man. And he had gotten Stan Lee to sign it inside. So my question was, and I got a, I sent a message that uh, Americana Steve got and responded to. This is about what I figured. But he said Stan Lee's on. I, I wanted to know, like, some card guys don't like to have valuable cards signed by the guy. Some do, more do now than they used to in the past, but I wondered, I don't know enough about comics, how it affects comic books, a big money comic book like that, uh, with the Stan Lee autograph inside. He didn't think it would hurt it. It really wouldn't change the value inside. And he had said, and and this is about what what Batman and I figured, uh, if they submit that to CGC and it grades 4.0, they're looking at about 50 grand for the value of it. Uh, a a 6.0, uh, 
would be much higher than that, obviously. And and Did we were thinking, nice? yeah, yeah. And and he, and like Americana Steve said, even the autograph looked good too. But that's the one thing: if you get a comic book slabbed, you can't look inside it anymore. So people wouldn't even see that autograph if if it got slabbed. But anyway, oh, yeah. so huh. then, so then I looked up some this he sent me the picture and i tweeted this if you want to see it t crown tom's my twitter id the jordan exquisite this is from the first year of exquisite it was number 23 at 25 with a jumbo bulls jersey piece this minimum should be 30 grand i i would say an, an estimate of that would be 30 to 60 grand plus it depended on it was hard well, to tell through the Jordan, that was Jordan's number, right? Twenty-three, yeah, which people go crazy about oh, that. Oh yeah. I mean oh, for yeah. Jordan, if he if if you have a serial number twenty-three, that that was one of the reasons I wanted to keep it at the time. But I was a hmm. sucker back then. And and good it's good for Batman. It's not so good for me in my collection. I'm happy for Batman, but it's like, oh my gosh, when you think of the, and I would have kept that. Like I did find about a year after that, right around that time is when I started collecting my top 50, which has turned into my top 100 NBA autographs. And I picked up a Jordan autograph about a year after that, but luckily I still have that. But this patch is really cool. It would have been a nice one to have. At least Batman still has it too. So yeah, so there you go. <laughs> yeah, and now I got another. I got contacted by uh, another person who had. I think you might have seen this one, Bill. A lineup card from Comiskey Park yeah. for the final game of the playoffs at Comiskey Game Four, which the Orioles won, and I think it was the Orioles. Yeah, that was game four that they won. Plus, there were maybe four or five other lineup cards from the year. Is that something, if, if she decides to send them, that you would want to run yeah, those? Did she, I asked Randy to ask you, did she also have game three? No, she only had the one playoff game. The rest of oh, the okay. games were regular, regular season, season games. I think yeah. one was a Yankees, one was an Orioles. I, I don't remember what the other, but there was probably three or four of them, I guess, besides the game four of the playoffs. I would say that would be a, that's a significant uh, lineup card in White Sox history. And Orioles. The Orioles won that game. Yeah. That, yeah, yeah. That, that was the game where Dibber made a base running blunder. It went to extra innings and this, the White Sox lost, but, but not Boy, that. That's... Speaking of the White Sox, Tom, real quick, yesterday I was at the Chantilly show and this guy consigned us a if, – if it's not the best one on planet Earth, I'd love to see one that beat it, a 1959 Chicago White Sox team ball. Oh, really? I mean, they won the AL. They lost the yeah. to the Dodgers in, yes. the, in the world. But this thing, Tom, has 33 signatures on it. Every signature looks like it was signed yesterday. The Ooh. ball as – Somebody, when they got the ball in 59, they very lightly shellacked it, which I think is the greatest thing ever invented <laughs> because these signatures never faded. Really? It's on an official American League ball. It's got a full JSA letter. 
it's got everybody on the team. Wow, that's a and that's then, a um, great thirty three signatures. You know, it's got yeah. you know Fox and Aparicio and Lopez and Win and I mean, I think Norm Cash was even on that team. Yeah, he and, well, and, you know he was. Yeah, Ted Klesowski. Yeah. I wonder if he signed that. He was on oh, late yeah, in the he's year. He's on there. Yeah, yep, he's on wow. there. Yeah. I hate to bring this back to me and my and my bonehead moves in, in my younger days, but that reminds me of a story. We had a guy who, oh, this was a maybe 10, 12 years ago, had a, a ball signed by Babe Ruth and Lou Gehrig, and then they played with it. They got other guys to sign it, and he signed his name Stevie on it or something, uh, brought yeah. it into here. We put it on uh on consignment in the store and somebody bought it and then somebody else wanted it. I think it sold for like 1500. I mean, it still sold pretty good and it had a good story to it, you know, the the whole thing. And at the, this was maybe a dozen years ago or so I was telling my brother the story. I go, yeah, do you believe those guys are playing it? And he goes, yeah, that reminds me of when we were kids and we were playing, we, we uh, had like the cover came off of the one ball that we, we're using, we didn't have any other balls. And my brother grabbed a 59 White Sox team signed baseball. Uh-oh. But I, I didn't even remember that. Like, that must have been, I must have been pretty young <laughs> that my dad had apparently somehow picked up. Well, he must have won it in a bet because he was a Cubs fan. He would have not uh-huh. been collecting that. But I don't remember what the repercussions were of that or anything. I really didn't remember it. But I was like, really? Well, I hope we had fun. We used to do anything. Like the cover would come up the ball, off a ball. We we'd tape it up. We'd do whatever sure. we could, you oh, know, to yeah. keep a, to keep a baseball in action as long as we could. Well, I'll <laughs> tell you the, real quick. Um, I had a guy years ago came in with a ball. It was a single sign Garrick ball, and then you know what he did. Oh, no. This was after 1995. He got Cal Ripken to sign the ball. Oh, <laughs> boy. He, said, he told me the story when he handed the ball to Ripken, and Ripken goes, are you really sure you want me to sign this ball, you know? And, <laughs> you know, and he it, did, it, so. there's logic to what he did from the two, yeah. you know, longest streaks. I suppose that would still probably sell. Wouldn't you think that would still probably sell pretty close to what a Garrick single signer? I don't know that that is kind of neat know. from the history, but but man, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's something you, you would think a nice display with a single signed Ripken next to the single signed Garrick would have probably yeah. been you know a, a good way to do it. But there can't be there can't be too many of those out there. I can't imagine no. that many people would would go so far as to have no. you know. <laughs> No, it's like a ball, you know? yeah, yeah. I, I don't think there'd be many of them. That, that <laughs> that's for sure. Now you got some nice stuff in for the the summer auction. A, a Willie Mays tops rookie number two sixty one PSA five twenty five hundred dollar minimum bid nineteen fourteen. Is this B eighteen blankets near master set eight one hundred eighty at two hundred one with a complete set of. 90 players with a 5,000 minimum bid. I've never seen that before. So, that, 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 those that's almost be an impossible set to put together. I mean, with yeah. the variations, you know, there's two of each. They 
they have different color infields for each of the 90 guys. So, Wow, that's pretty neat. That's And with a 5,000 minimum bid, there can't be a lot of them. Now, no. here's, here's somebody. I think Thurman Munson should be in the Hall of Fame. I can't believe he kind of, as far as I know, he's still not in the Hall. But you have a 1977 Yankees World Champions game-worn baseball cap with a $2,500 minimum bid. I really think game-worn caps like that are cool. But listen to Thurman Munson. His career... War of 45.6 can only be matched by six catchers. They're all in the hall. And his war per 162 games would be third all time with uh, Hall of Fame catchers, I believe, at 5.25 behind Mickey Cochran and Johnny Bench. I mean, to me, he played this 10 years. It's not how many years you play. How dominant were you while he played? And he was dominant in the 70s. He was awesome. So that's yeah, where well, I... Yeah, I mean, look at Sandy Koufax. I mean, he didn't oh, yeah. Years, you know. Yeah, how many years was he actually good? Five or six, but he was awesome in those five or six. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so that's that's true. Dennis, <laughs> Dennis from Phoenix just tweeted, I'm the one that bought that ball, talking about the... The Ruth Gehrig and the the Steve, I think it was Stevie. <laughs> Dennis can can say the other name on there, but so we know that ball is now happily in Phoenix. <laughs> now go. we've got to make our NBA Finals picks. Now here, the final that would help my collection the most is Milwaukee over Dallas. So I'm superstitious. No way I'm going to pick that. I think Milwaukee might struggle in their first round match up with the heat but i have a lot of Giannis and and lucas stuff so that would be the best thing but i'm picking and this is how we do it okay i'm picking philadelphia over phoenix in the final i'm not going with the big time favorites and i'm picking philadelphia in the final game to score 103 points so that's the tiebreaker now john drummond already gave me on the phone he picked brooklyn over the lakers We'll have to ask him today what his tiebreaker is. Tyler's going to make a pick. I actually contacted Eric since he's part of the show, too. I said, you want to be in on it, Eric? Because we're giving away. I'm giving away a Contenders Draft Basketball Pack, which has one autograph, a $45 pack, and a real nice, gradable second-year Tops Kobe card, which ungraded sells for about 35 so this is a about an 80 to 100 dollar prize here so eric picked he also went with the 76ers but over the lakers and his pick is 111 uh for the sixers so bill you want to make a pick yeah uh i'm gonna have to work i have my picks and i have nancy's picks oh you have nancy's is nancy gonna be with us today yeah Okay, so you have both. Okay, who do you have for your picks? I have the Utah playing the Knicks. So Utah over the Knicks? I thought it was just who was getting to the final. No, no then no, then who wins the final and how much how many points do they score in the in the final game? Uh, so Utah or the Knicks? I'm going to take Utah. Okay, and how many points? A hundred. 
100 on the nose. And who did Nancy go with? She went with Utah and Brooklyn. Okay. And let me find out. Okay, she can. She can. She wants Utah to win. Utah to win. At total now. How many points she going with? 103. 103. Oh, that's my Philly total, 103. Okay. And now, Tyler, who's your pick? I'm going to take Brooklyn over the Clippers, and I'm going to say Brooklyn will score 118 in the final game. Oh, boy. Okay. It's good that we're getting some different stuff here. So we'll check with Sam Smith if he wants to do it, and I'll get the picks from uh, Vince also. Dennis doesn't have the ball anymore. Oh, my gosh. Where is it? It's not in Phoenix. Maybe it'll find its way back to T-Crown somehow. <laughs> the the Garrick. Tom, that was a, how many how many items over the years since you've had your store have you actually sold the item more than one time? Oh, <laughs> well, the you know best, what I mean? the exact same item. You know, the best story about that is we've had up until COVID, we used to have a trade day every Saturday. We'd used to get pretty packed, and a lot of the same guys would come in for a lot of the weeks, like they would regularly show up. And the Tom Brady contenders rookie autograph, it was graded BGS 8.5, must have gotten bought, sold, traded. Everybody here, I think, had it at least once. And now that card, I think that's another card that's probably over 50 grand in an, in an wow. 8.5. Somebody was saying one of the regulars was in a month or so ago from trade day, and he goes, yeah, who would have thought that at the time we were trading like six-figure cards? You know, like the, some of them would, would have been at the time were 102. Right. Some of them turned into six-figure cards. It's like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> who would have thunk it that the market would have gotten that crazy on some of that stuff well we're already coming up now to the end of uh the first uh segment here so now after the break we'll be joined by john drummond and nancy huggins for this week's version of which ended higher and then around 735 sam smith will join us the nba expert longtime nba expert so hang in there, everybody. We'll be right back. Now back to Sports Collecting with Tom Morgan. Sponsored by ERCDelivery.com and Huggins and Scott Auctions on ESPN 1000 and ESPNChicago.com. Welcome back. I'm Tom Morgan with Vince Clemente of ERC Delivery, Bill Huggins of Huggins and Scott Auctions, and our producer, Tyler Aki. Poor Vince couldn't make it this week. He's busy with work at his on-demand delivery company, ERC Delivery. But we are joined now by Nancy Huggins and John Drummond for this week's episode of Which Ended Higher. And John Drummond, what do you have for us this week? Well, not as much as I wanted. I'm looking forward very much to have Vince tell us who he predicted to win the PGA. You recall that Vince was in the... 
a, a golf fantasy league. And after the first round, he would have to pick a person to win it. And I assumed that today he would give us that inside information, but we don't know who he picked, whether he's going to be a rich man or he's going to go bankrupt on it. I don't know. <laughs> but we'll find that out on the show next week. But the PGA, by the way, has been played all over the country, of course. It, uh, people don't may forget that it's a, a lot of them were played in Chicago. Two of them were at Medina. Tiger Woods won both times there. They played twice on Olympia Fields in the southern suburbs. And they played once up in the Long Grove at, at the Kemper course, which was won by, I think it was Payne Stewart. And they also played once in Flossmoor. So the course, the tournament has been played here quite often. And uh, by the way, the one up in, in Kemper Lakes, I remember, in 1989, everybody said that course is going to be so tough, it's going to murder these pros. Uh, it was the other way around. Kemper Lakes was very tame. That ended that myth in a hurry. They, they butchered to the Kemper Lakes. <laughs> but anyway, uh, that tournament until 1958 was what they call a match play format. In other words, you go mano to mano until finally there was two golfers left standing. Well, then the television decided, to, uh, networks decided to get into the act, and they said, hey, hey we're not going to pay big money. And on Sunday, you got only two golfers left, like a Walt Berkemore or Chandler Harper that has no interest in it. And so they they disguised, they got rid of the, the uh, match play format, which, by the way, for a non-golfers will be. For example, if Tom and I were playing in the, in the metal play tournament, Tom shoots a 69, I shoot a 73, will we proceed on the next day until we're, if then there's a cut. In match play, however, you're playing by a hole standard. If he wins by, say, two holes to my one at the end, two up one as they call it, that means that I'm eliminated and he's left standing. So it's mano to mano, but for television, it was not good. But it's a great test of golf. And Walter Hagen, get this, Walter Hagen won that four consecutive times match play. Pretty wow. hard to beat. And since the modern era, Jack Nicholas has won it five times. And I said this before when he was on the show, I was on the show last summer briefly, that Jack Nicholas, what a class act he was. I indicated that uh, we had interviewed him right after he'd won the U.S. Open in 1962 at Oakmont. We interviewed him in Rockton, Illinois. And then in 1964, in his heyday, we interviewed him over at Beloit. And at both times, Nicholas went out of the way to tell his promoters, whoever was there, no, no, I'm going to do this interview. It's just going to take a few minutes. He was a class act guy on that, and he didn't rush it or anything like that. A lot of guys would stiff you. He did not do that. And another guy that was not a stiffer was Hale Irwin, believe it or not, at the tournament at Kemper Lakes. It was Johnny Morris, who was a sports director, of course, at Channel 2. He wanted a live guest at 6 o'clock, not, not on tape. He wanted him live. And uh, this by that time, it was 5.30. Everybody was leaving. And I approached Hale Irwin. He wanted a, na a name golfer, somebody that was recognizable. And Irwin agreed to stay. <laughs> I think he, by 6.45, he was frothing at the mouth a bit with good reason. <laughs> but uh, he's not an outgoing type guy, and he stayed around, and that's an awful lot of class on him. Although it may be because we are a CBS O&O, and uh, the CBS was carrying that network, the tournament. That might have been a factor. I don't know. But at any rate, Hale Irwin came through for it. And let's hope in the future we get another PGA coming into uh, Chicago. Because other than that, in the U.S. Open, that's the only course majors we can have here. So that's I how tweeted it stands. And we'll wait next week, and hopefully Vince can come up and tell us what's going on. If I, maybe he'd be a rich man, or maybe he'd be a pauper. We'll find out. <laughs> I tweeted the picture of you interviewing Jack Nicklaus in uh, 1964 earlier yeah, in the week. If anybody wants to, to take a look at that, a good picture of the two of them. A young he, he was John a very Drummond. good interview with us, and he was busy that day, and yet he took time out to talk to us, and I yeah. really appreciate that. Remember, I was not representing the network or anything like that, a smaller station, and he did that. That gives yeah. you some idea what kind of a person he is. Yeah, that really is cool. Well, it's time now for which ended higher. Now, we have five items here, but uh, so, John Drummond, you want to pick number one through five that we don't use in this one? Let's try number three. 
Number three is, oh, this is an interesting one. Charlie Chaplin, 1927, signed My Trip Abroad, first edition hardcover book and manager's auto request reply letter. That went for a high bid of $1,300. That might have tripped somebody up. Probably a good one to get out of there. I'm glad you can see I did a good, that's a favor for everybody because that <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah. that, that's a dark horse. I would, nobody would have been on that or maybe they would have got suckered. I don't know. Yeah, that, that, that would, I'll, I'll give you a hint. That wouldn't have been the highest one. No, I don't think so. Okay, here they are. First item to tie in with golf. Jackie Robinson's single-signed 1971 American Airlines Golf Classic ticket. Second item, Michael Jordan, early 1990s, signed and framed 16 by 20 photo, Upper Deck Authenticated, which that's, Upper Deck Authenticated are typically the best Michael Jordan autographs. Next, now, this has been spoken in the past of this one. So if we remember, 1992, A League of Their Own, Racine Bell's movie costume, number 46, worn by actress Janet Jones, Mrs. Wayne Gretzky, by the way. And the last item, Harrison Ford, autographed 16 by 20, Raiders of the Lost Ark, set photo, which is framed. So, John Drummond, which ended higher of those? Boy, you got those. Are, you got every field available today. We're all well, over the board I with this. God, <laughs> I can't even keep track of that. But I'm going to do something rare. I'm, I know the Jordan. Everybody's going to go with Michael Jordan. I'm going to go with the League of Their Own the uniform. Oh, John God. Drummond going with the League of Their Own Racine <laughs> Bell's movie costume. Okay, let's see who's next. I think it's Tyler because Nancy Huggins is solidly in first place right now. <laughs> I Tyler. would go with the Jackie Robinson signed ticket. Tyler goes with the Jackie Robinson single signed 1971 American Airlines Golf Classic ticket. And Nancy Huggins, it's up to you. I'm going to go with Harrison Ford. Harrison Ford. Nancy Huggins picks Harrison Ford. Okay. Poor Vince, I'm going to have to give him a couple of shots at, at some points next week. A couple of bonus things. Okay, here's the items from lowest to highest. The lowest of these four items was Harrison Ford, autographed 16 by 20, Raiders of the Lost Ark, set photo framed, $450. Okay, uh, third highest, Jackie Robinson, single sign, 1971, American Airlines Golf Classic ticket, Sixteen hundred dollars. Second highest, Michael Jordan, early nineteen nineties, signed and framed, sixteen by twenty photo, UDA authenticated, twenty two hundred dollars. And the first item, John Drummond's pick. John Drummond, what? Oh, you go. How John do you Drum- pick that one? Boy, that shows. It must be a genius. <laughs> yeah, with that. yeah, yeah. <laughs> a league of their own. Racine Bell's movie costume. John, you need uh, to go buy a lottery ticket. Today. Yes. Oh, that, I think I will. My God. $2,300 <laughs> that went for. So that moves you up to four. Nancy Huggins is still in first with six. And Tyler slash Eric and John Drummond are tied at four. So it's still a battle going on here. Now, John Drummond, before we let you go, um, 
what what would you you've been a golfer in the Chicago area? Do you have a favorite or more difficult course like uh, that in in your mind that you've played at? Well, I think the toughest course I ever played was at Bull Valley. That is in the Chicago area you're talking about, up in Woodstock. Yeah. It's a private oh. club, but they had the cone f- f- fairways, a lot of water, the traps, long ago. That was a tough course. I think that's the toughest course I played in this area. I never played Medina, the, the Medina where they played the tournament on that much, but uh, the one I played, that, that, that uh, Bull Valley was awfully tough. Well, and by the way, if we played a match play and I got a 69, that would have been my clone playing. That wouldn't have been me getting a 69. <laughs> well, I was giving you, okay, we'll take, you a few lessons you'd be able to get the card to 69, maybe. Who knows? <laughs> All right. Well, we're already up to the next break here. Thanks for joining us, John and Nancy. We'll talk to you both next week. Have a great week. Absolutely. Adios. And everybody hang in there now because after the break, Sam Smith will join us. So hang in there. We'll be right back. Now back to Sports Collecting with Tom Morgan. Sponsored by ERCDelivery.com and Huggins and Scott Auctions on ESPN 1000 and ESPNChicago.com. Welcome back. I'm Tom Morgan with Vince Clemente of ERC Delivery, Bill Huggins of Huggins and Scott Auctions, and our producer Tyler Aki. We're on from 7 to 8 every Saturday morning. Vince was busy with ERC Delivery this week and, and couldn't make it onto the show, but we are joined now once again by our favorite NBA expert, Sam Smith. Sam, welcome to the show. Thanks. I'm, uh, I'm I'm pleased to be at that level for you guys. <laughs> it's always good to have you on. Now, Sam, I don't know if you heard us talking about we all did our picks. There's a prize here. If you want to give your picks for who makes the finals, who wins, and the total amount of points in the final, do you have somebody you want to pick? Uh, well, I'm sure you guys picked them. Uh, I'm not sure, but probably did. I. Yeah, I really think this is going to be at least in the West. I think really wide open. So I, I, I would pick uh, the Nets uh, over the Jazz, and the Nets to win the finals. How many? I, I do want to. I do want to. As a as still a journalism professional, I want to donate my prize though. Okay. <laughs> if I win, okay. uh, when I win. <laughs> um, Maybe but, we'll but, have a a caller call in then. The prize is a pack of. Uh, contenders draft basketball in a Kobe second year. So, Sam, if you win, we'll have a caller call in and yes, give that, that would be good. To him. I don't understand if, how many points. How many points they score? How many points does the, so you you're picking Brooklyn to win? So, how many points does Brooklyn score in the final clinching game? Oh, uh, one twenty-seven. Ooh, one twenty-seven. Okay. So yeah, that's uh, the NBA now wants to see a lot of points. I know in the playoffs, and and it traditionally is fewer points, um, but and, and and of course they all have to be there, which they rarely have. <laughs> yeah. um, but but they really have amazing possibilities to score, and and uh, I just think what I like them is I just think it's going to be hard for anyone to keep up with them. Yeah, I think you're right. Actually, it's gonna it is gonna be tough if those three can all be healthy and play the whole time. Big which, if. yeah, that is a that's like for me. I picked Phoenix if they can two things. They got to get by the Lakers in the first round. I picked them to go to the final and lose to Philly. But Chris Paul has to stay healthy. 
you know, and, and he typically he doesn't a lot in order for them to get there. But I think if they can get by the Lakers, they've got a, a pretty good shot to get at least into the West Finals. Well, you know, as the conspiracies go, um, uh, you know, which people love about the NBA, n- no way to, no way ABC is letting the Lakers out in the first round. Yeah, that that's if if they win, that's what we'll we'll pin it on. We'll pin it on conspiracy. You know, it's funny. None of us picked the Lakers to win at all. That's uh, that's kind of interesting. I thought there'd be a couple at least. Although we yeah, don't have Vince's picks. You know, picks I, yet. all season long, I've kind of been leaning toward the Lakers, figuring you know you don't you know you never pick against the best player, and, and LeBron is the best player um, in the Western Conference. Uh, but he's really missing, to me, they're really missing that third. And, and yeah. uh, you know, Anthony Davis, as, as good as he is, um, doesn't create points. You know, you've got to get, you got to get the ball. Someone's got to get the ball to him, um, uh, you know, for him to produce. And he'll, you know, I mean, he, obviously, series four of sevens, and he'll have off games, and you can survive that. But it just puts a lot, I think the combination of it puts a lot on LeBron, and we're hoping to see somebody else. Uh, this time after he's won two, and I like LeBron. You know, I think most people, you know, pick against the Lakers a lot because they don't like LeBron. I, I happen to, I haven't liked LeBron. I, I think, I think he's been great and great for the game and everything. Um, and probably here they'll pick against him because they don't want him to challenge, you know, Jordan because that's obviously what he's what he's after. Yeah, I, I, I'll tell you that was an amazing final shot he made. <laughs> In that playing game, he was against the playing games. I think they're great. I actually thought the playing games were exciting, and the way they had it set up, I didn't get it right at first. But after I figured out what they were actually doing, it's like I I like this setup. I kind of I hope they continue with it. Oh, they they will. It, it's a great innovation. It's one of yeah. The, it's one of the great things, and and obviously, uh, you know, in the next four or five years, gives gives the Bulls a chance to get the tenth. <laughs> no, I think it's more than that. But no, it's, it's really been a great thing they did. It's been great fun, um, you, you know. And we saw in baseball too last season when they expanded the playoffs. Eventually, you know, the baseball union hopefully will get come to its senses and allow some of this stuff. Um, but the playoffs were much better in baseball, uh, you know, with all the shortened season last year by expanding that playoffs. So, yeah, I, you know, I agree. Yeah, so I, I, I'm 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 sure the NBA is not going to drop it. It's been very popular, uh, and and it, and it's been a great format. And, and you know, even yesterday's you know yesterday's game with Memphis, Ooh. Golden State was a great finish. Great, and, you know, yeah, so it had some great games in there. Yeah. Now here's a tying in with collecting, Sam. Here's a what if question Good. for you. Okay. Yeah. Think of okay, we have listed. Uh, to run in the summer auction, the Huggins and Scott auction, two 1991 NBA Finals Game 1 full tickets, each graded PSA 1.5. That's MJ and the Bulls' first finals game. Now, the first a ticket stub to MJ's first Chicago Stadium game sold for about $8,000 earlier in a Huggins at Scott auction. Can you imagine if you had gotten tickets to all the games you've been to, NBA games over the years, what a collection of tickets that you you would have? I mean, how many 
how many games do you have you ever thought sat back and thought man how many nba games have i actually been to and some of the some of the highlight games it's 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 funny you mentioned that uh, last night i was uh, watching you know of course watching the games my wife was sitting there not interested at all as usual <laughs> and um as usual i don't even watch them with her and i watch them you know by myself so i can flip stations you know during the season the different, different games Just how many games have you watched uh yeah i don't know i watched them all for the last 40 40 years how many would that be you know and for a while i don't i don't save things and i probably should it's it i'm it just boggles me to see the prices of these things involving people i know and and things i've had um a friend a friend sent me this thing the other day uh, phil jackson card signed card um, and it was like $5,000 or something. Is that wow. true? Yeah. I, it's very possible if it was a, like a Phil Jackson signed rookie card type thing. Well, he thing. still doesn't sign much. I actually no, he been does with him and seen this, you know, yeah. where he turns down autographs. Yeah, that, um, that would be a great one to have. Like some, his rookies don't sell for all that much. I guess in high grade, they probably do. I haven't really looked it up, but he's a tough signature. So, and, yeah. you know, with all those championships, you've got Bulls collectors and Lakers collectors yeah. well, and, time, and Knicks collectors that want his autographs. I guess what I was going to say about, you asked me, one time I used to save my press passes. Oh. Um, you know, each each game you get a pass, you know, to, you know, you have to wear a press pass. You see, oh, yeah. you see people hanging. And I was in moves or something. I don't have them. <laughs> you know, or oh. I gave them away or I threw them away. But, wow. you know, I, it, 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 I never thought, even growing up, you know, as a, I, I've never thought the value to these things. Of course, that's why, you know, I'm still working probably because I'm not a good investor. <laughs> well, I, you're, I think you like doing what you're doing right now, too. But yeah, yeah that, it, it's it, it's true. Yeah. Um, and yeah, and, and you know, I've got I've, I've probably got some 91 stuff around. Um, just just from having been been there, uh, yeah. Still, but it is it, it, how much would that be? How much would that sell for? Uh, the, uh, well, it's going to be interesting because I the gentleman was a listener to the show that dropped those off. He dropped them off here, and he had a story of of why the tickets weren't used for Game One of the NBA Finals, and I can't repeat the story, but mm. it, but. There wouldn't have been a lot of tickets not used to that. So, Bill Huggins, if you're if you're there, I would think those tickets, based on what Jordan's first game ever went for, those those unused tickets could go for a lot. The only two ever submitted for grading. That's that's what I would have thought. So, yeah, you know, who, we'll we'll find out, Sam. That we're the basically when Huggins and Scott runs an auction, it's up to their bidders to decide what they're worth, but those could go for a lot. Yeah, I've, I've got to find something for them. So, so I, I should have – actually, this is something I should have kept, or I should have um, – there's two people in the world, um, and I'm one of them, who, who have been to Michael Jordan's three first games and his three last games, meaning the first one in you know, 84 – Wow. Um, when he came back in 95 and when he came back with the Wizards in 2001 
and his three last games in '95 when he before he retired the first time, '98 uh, when he retired for the uh, second time, and then 2003 in Philadelphia when he retired for the third time. And it was me and and his driver buddy George Kohler, and we were wow. the only ones to be at all six of those games. But you know, I don't have anything. I mean, I yeah. got stuff. I got probably stuff. I know I have something from his last game in '03, which is in Philly. That yeah. was the one. You know, hardly anyone was there. You know, at the Boy, end. The press, the press passes from those games would be yes. <laughs> yes, I had press passes for those six games at one time. I that had is is really the key there. What what you did you throw them out or what'd you end up doing with them? Yeah, I did. I never. Yeah, uh, like I said, I was keeping the press passes for a long time, and you know, then sometimes fans would ask me for something, I'd give it to them. Yeah. You know? uh, oh, <laughs> um, so anyway, but that yeah, I, I told George that one time, and he sort of looked at me and said, oh, "Okay." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now, what, what's your memory of Jordan's first game ever at the stadium? Uh, you know, I've I've gotten to know it was it was a lot of a, a lot of success in life is luck. And when he came to Chicago in '84, yeah, I remember being at the draft and Rod Thorne saying, "Look, you know, he's going to be a really good player, but this is not you know he's not the kind of player that's going to turn the team around." Because um, he he had been drafting guards a lot, so, uh, uh, even Ronnie Lester, uh, who then got in, you know got injured, and Quentin Daly, who was you know obviously had some other issues uh, with an assault, but it was averaging like twenty eight points or something in college, um, you know, and, and they hadn't done it, you know, they hadn't advanced the team to the playoffs, so. Um, the first week he was in Chicago, Jordan was in Chicago. The Tribune sent me out and said, you know, just go, yeah, go spend a day with him. You know, and rookie, you know, rookie story. Um, you know, so I had gotten to know him, a lot, you know, a lot early on for writing, you know, stories about him. And uh, it, there was a lot of excitement about it. You know, the, the, the community was really excited about, uh, yeah. you know, from coming out of the Olympics, you know, North Carolina, all that kind of stuff, and everybody's always looking for you know the next grade. And Chicago hadn't had basically ever a next grade in basketball. No, um, losing out the you know the coin flip for Magic in '79, um, which was David the, you know, the closest. It ended yeah. up with a number two pick in David Greenwood. <laughs> yeah. um, but Jordan was he was nervous that that day. You know he was kind of overwhelmed by it. I, you know it was a sellout, which was rare. You know the Bulls have been averaging anyone who knows Chicago basketball from the eight minute early eighties with those set late seventies after Norman Sloan and that and Chad and that bunch, you, you know, you'd walk up day at a game, get a seat four rows yes. behind the bench or something, yes. yeah. you know, 5,000 uh, super fan running around. Now that, that, would be, that would be something to get something from super fan. <laughs> I think I got my picture. I got two pictures. My, uh, at the Oregon with Nancy Faust, which was on the the court at the time for a while, and also right with Benny the Bull on the court, because we could get the seats right underneath the basket the day of the game for like fifteen dollars. Yeah, yeah, no, it, was, it, was, it, was, it, it was actually it was great because you could, you could get great seats in a great building now, of course, yeah, and, and yeah. it wasn't that noisy. Yeah, <laughs> weren't that many people there. 
but he was kind of nervous uh, about it, you know, first game. You know, you, you know, he wasn't Michael Jordan <laughs> yet. Yeah. He wasn't expecting to be, maybe he was, but, you know, nobody was expecting him to be Michael Jordan when we came to know. Oh, he, didn't, he didn't shoot well. I remember like 6 of 18 or something like yeah. that. I don't remember the exact numbers. I think he had 19 points. Um, and then I then I, it, what, what, it, what, remember, what interested me, and not interested me, I think he hit a game winner like, what, a couple of games later, Milwaukee hit a game winner. I remember when uh, they played Portland. It was like eight or nine games into the season. And the Portland media, and they were very resentful because there was so much criticism of them passing on, you know, on Jordan to take Sam yeah. Bowie at the time. Um, and, you know, he came out and had a huge game right away. And, and so, you know, anybody who remembers that season, it came so fast, you know, how his – you know, his celebrity, you know, grew because, you know, he had huge games right away, um, you know, and, and obviously great personality, the the tongue, you know, the tongue flying and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah. it, you know, it was it was a great time for, for Bulls fans because it was finally like, you know, holy it, we, we got it, we got it, <laughs> we, got, we got one of those guys. Well, do some digging, Sam. You got to find some of that stuff. We're already at the end of the show, but this was a, a great segment, great stories. And next time you come on, I was going to ask you today, out of all the top centers from the late 50s to, to now, your top centers that you like. But we'll get to that next time. But All thanks right, well, for good to talk to you again. Yeah, great talking to you. Thanks for joining us. And uh, Tyler, I guess it, we're at the end here. Do we have a little time left, or we're all done? Yeah, That's about a it. minute. Yep. Okay, very good. Well, Bill Huggins now, Huggins and Scott auctions. Lots of stuff rolling in for the summer auction. You can go to yes, Huggins. Yes, we do. Yeah, oh my at our site. We're adding stuff every day. Great stuff too. Hugginsandscott.com. I have a Huggins and Scott page on my tcrowntom.com that whenever things get listed that came through me, and wow, that page is getting pretty good. I can't, The stuff that's actually at huggensandscott.com, it's going to be a great auction. And don't forget ERC Delivery. Vince Clemente should hopefully be with us again next week. And uh, thanks for listening, everybody. Have a great week. We're on 7 to 8 every Saturday morning. Stay tuned for the rebroadcast now of the odds couple with Mike North. Okay. Thanks for listening, everybody.